I'm going to read from the, um, the actual Bible, not to diminish the Jesus Storybook Bible, but I'm going to read a passage from John chapter 20, verses 19 through to 29. Um, so if you do have a Bible with you or you've got it on your phone, um, grab that now. So starting, that's John 20, starting at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, I always imagine this with a Yorkshire accent, so I apologise, but I'm going to have to do it. Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and my hand into his side, I will not believe. It's like something out of Postman Pat, isn't it? Um, A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, miraculously, then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, seeing is believing, or so we read. But there's a loss in this passage other than just Thomas and the doubting and the seeing is believing. That line in verse 29, because you have seen me, you have believed. But blessed are those who have not seen and have yet, yet, yet have believed. Um, that is a real encouragement for us, I guess, because we were not there. We have not necessarily seen in the flesh, in person, Jesus. And these are all important points to remember You know, we all have doubts and we all will have doubts. And often we want some kind of proof to help us live through those, to help us get beyond them. And that's not something that Jesus is against. Otherwise, in this story, why would he have returned a second time so that Thomas could experience him too? Why not just insist that Thomas believe what the other people said without having an experience himself? Jesus allowed Thomas to be precocious in his demands for proof. But I actually want to spend a little bit more time thinking over the first four verses. We're only going to be doing it for about five minutes, so hold on to your hats. The disciples go in those first four verses, in, in 19 to, um, I'm going to struggle to count now, 24, 23, 20, 23. Um, they, they go from being afraid and huddled in a locked room, in disarray, to being sent out and told that they have more responsibility than any of them surely can handle. And I wonder if that's a journey that we have been on or we need to go on or one that we're currently going on at the moment. Now Jesus appears, he, he comes in, in the video, it said he, he came through the wall. Uh, 
it doesn't really say that in the Bible, but how did he get into a locked room? It, either way, it, it's amazing and shows us that Jesus is not only risen from the dead and alive again, but there's something different about him. He's no longer bound by the normal laws of the world. He declares, peace be with you, which is like a normal greeting. It's a bit like saying, hi, how are you? But much like when we say, how, hi, how, how, hi, how are you? And we don't really mean, how are you? We just mean, don't reply, I'm just saying hello. That's not what happens when Jesus says, peace be with you. When Jesus says, peace be with you, as the Prince of Peace, the one who knows more of peace and wellness than any other, when he declares it, it happens. Peace was with them because he was with them. He comes in and says, peace be with you. I wonder um, whether we think of that when we say to each other, peace be with you. And often drearily, let's be honest, we respond, and also with you. Are we the peace that Jesus was to others? He reminds them, verse 21, that rather than being in a locked room, they ought to be pointing people to Jesus, just as Jesus pointed people to the Father. He gives them a clear reminder in the next two verses, 22 and 23, that there is a real consequence and weight to the responsibility that they and we, as witnesses of Jesus, have. Now, rather than being, I'll, I'll read those verses again, um, if I can find them. He says, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And then in verse 23, he says, if you forgive the sins of any, they're forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. That's, that's a responsibility that's strong. And I'm not sure one that I particularly want, but one that we seem to be given here. Some, some of the English that this is written in doesn't give us the full picture or tell us exactly um, what, what's being said here. Rather than it being us who decides whether someone is forgiven or not, that's something that's reserved only for God. Rather, it's us in the power of the Holy Spirit that enable that forgiving to be done. We tell people. How can people know of Jesus if they don't hear of Jesus? We partner with him. It's the work that God does through the good news of Jesus, through every, really the central message of Christianity. Depending on whether people believe and accept Jesus, they're forgiven. And of course, it's a forgiveness that's not compulsory. So if they don't, then their sins are retained, they remain. It's sad, but it's true. That mission to tell others about Jesus, to articulate to them in a way that they can understand how we can be transformed from death to life just as Jesus was. That, quite simply, is what we should be doing, not sitting in a locked room, or, or in fact an unlocked room, or, or anywhere, but telling people about what we have inside us. It doesn't change how saved the disciples are or not as to whether they tell other people. They're in. They're fine. But it does change how obedient they are how much they're doing what God has asked them to do. So, if you've met Jesus and you believe in him and you know him, now is the time to unlock the door. The good news is he will come inside the room before you've unlocked it 
and help you unlock it from the inside and go out with you. But it's time to unlock the door. If you're still waiting to see Jesus for yourself, to check if he's real, then speak to one of the witnesses around you. There are many here. They might have a story that will help you with that. But also, Jesus is alive and we can know him today. He's present here actually by his Holy Spirit. In this passage we read in verse 22, Jesus, uh, when he had said that he was sending them, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. This is a little bit tricky again in the, in the passage and why I've chosen this for the quick talk, I, I'm not sure. But um, it, it probably doesn't actually say in the original language that he breathed on them as in, <sighs> but more he breathed out as a sign, as, as like a, a symbol of the fact that the Holy Spirit is the very breath of God, of Jesus. It wasn't the moment that the Holy Spirit arrives, but more a promise of what was going to happen. He's already told them that one is going to be with them to help them afterwards. This is him reiterating that. But of course, we live after Pentecost when we remember the Holy Spirit coming. We do have the Holy Spirit and we can receive him. And that is the best way, really, to experience God, to experience Jesus in his aliveness. We're instructed to receive the Holy Spirit and that is what we should do so that we can go out and be sent just as Jesus was sent. So, the summary. If you weren't listening for the rest, clock back in. Hopefully this bit makes sense. Jesus is alive. We can hear about it from others. We know it because we can experience it. We can experience him even if it's not in exactly the same way that disciples did. He'll provide for us what we need in order for us to believe. Just like with Thomas, he's patient and he'll give us more than one chance to get it. Jesus takes us from being afraid in a locked room to being empowered and able to tell others about the most transforming message possible. As the Father sent Jesus, so he sends us. It's our responsibility and our privilege. It should be our and also with you. When Jesus says, peace be with you. It's not and also with you, the person at the front that said it. It's and also with all of you people who have not yet experienced that peace. It's not a way for us to share our cosy smugness of being in. It's a way for us to leave on mission. I remember that peace could be with others too if we'd only tell them about it. Despite the instruction from Jesus, the disciples don't nail it. You notice that a week later they're back in the locked room again. So there is freedom to fail. But we also have the Holy Spirit, where at that stage, Pentecost had not yet come. The Spirit empowers us to do God's will. In fact, it's the Holy Spirit that does the work, the saving work in people, not us. We just help it along and enable people to be there. So... We're going to spend a bit of time now um, 
in response, we're going to sing. I'm going to invite Luke and the band back up. And why don't you stand with me? I feel like there should be creaking sound effects whenever I say that. Um, Occasionally maybe tumbleweed as well. But our response really, I don't know if we can place ourselves in the place where the disciples were, in the locked room. I don't know if you ever feel afraid, perhaps not in exactly the same way that they did, but if you ever feel that you want to be locked away in a room, safe from the world around you. But as we're there, let's remember Jesus can come through any lock that we have, any wall we surround ourselves with. And just as he promised the Holy Spirit, why don't we invite him in? So let's pray. Come Holy Spirit, be with us now. Help us to experience you. you close your eyes picture Jesus Jesus would you show yourself to us meet us so that we might know you know you better would you help us to see you as you really are And as we worship, would you help us to unlock the doors, to step out, that we'd allow ourselves to be sent just as you were sent.